Are you ready to break free of the life that feels wrong, inauthentic, and doesn't suit you? Have you always imagined moving forward, but just didn't know how to make it happen? Stay right where you are because Elizabeth Moore, the soul and body healer, is here to show you how to raise your bar. Hi, welcome to my show, Raising Your Bar with Elizabeth Moore. Today, uh, we're talking about sleep, but before we get started, I just wanted to invite everybody to participate live with us on Inspired Choices Network, Inspired Choices Network TV, Facebook, and YouTube. We're streaming live on all of those mediums. So I am the owner of Purple Door. I uh, It's a metaphysical shop and a new and used bookstore. We just spent the weekend adding probably a couple hundred new books to this website. So if you're interested, have a look. It's at www.purpledoor-cambridge.ca. I am a body and soul healer. I do Ohana generational healing, magnified healing, Reiki healing. I'm also a life coach. That is one of my favorite, favorite things to do is coach people. And I'm ready to talk about sleep. So um, it was funny because just before the show started, we were talking about how sleep is one of those things that is so elusive and to some of us and how I need to start saying, uh, having trouble sleeping was me in the past, not, I have trouble sleeping now. And it's one of the topics that I think when we're talking about raising our bar and making choices in our life, it's one of those things that you can easily do with small changes and just shaking up your schedule a little bit to benefit you in the long run. I think we all forget how cranky we are. I am for sure. When I don't have enough sleep, when we don't have enough sleep, functioning is, um, it's not our forte. We can't do it. It's very, very challenging to actually have a good day when you have had a bad sleep or you're suffering from lack of sleep. So Sleep of health actually affects our entire body, our body, our mind, everything. There is no part of you that's not affected when you don't have a good sleep. And it always amazes me how um, very few of us actually put any effort into realizing that sleep can change your life and getting good sleep can change your life. So when we put off dealing with it, it just exacerbates things and makes everything that we're dealing with that much harder and more challenging to do. So um, before we get too far into this topic, I really have to recommend going, see, going to see your family doctor and going for the different tests. I know there's a lot of blood work tests that they can do, testing for your mineral levels, your vitamin levels, those kind of things, making sure that there is no illness that's actually causing this problem for you. And also there is, um, where we are anyway, uh, sleep labs that your doctor can refer you to where you go and you get hooked up and they actually watch you sleep and see if there's something physical that's preventing you from sleeping. It's fantastic what we can do now with regards to our sleep. So let's talk about a few of the things that lack of sleep can harm you from. And lack of sleep can actually, uh, somebody just commented about having a sleep lab experience and it was awful. Um, yeah, I have to say that's one of the reasons why I haven't actually participated in one. I do have a friend who does work in sleep labs and they are incredibly beneficial. For me, 
I have always been that person that doesn't sleep well outside of my own bed. And here's a little personal information for you. Uh, when I sleep and it's not in my own bed, I tend to keep either one eye or both eyes open. And I did that when I was a kid and I would go to sleepovers. I <laughs> probably still do that now. Um, but it's just one of those things that if you don't know that about me and you walk in on that in the middle of the night, especially, can you imagine as a mom and you're hosting your kids sleepover? <laughs> it promoted a little bit of scared screaming. I will, you know, I can share that. So lack of sleep can be dangerous because it affects every area of our body and our life. And it's amazing all the areas that we actually need sleep to function for. Um, as an adult, you actually need 18 to 64, you actually need seven to nine hours of sleep every night, not every week, every night. And for some of us, the, I would say the average is probably closer to nine and a half. Um, I do function better when I've had more sleep. <laughs> not all of us do. I understand there are averages of course, because everybody is different. So that's why it's really important to actually have that conversation with yourself, but also with your doctor and track your sleep, right? We recommend tracking food intake. We recommend take, uh, tracking water intake. Let's track our sleep and see on average how much we sleep, you know, and you don't need to go buy, you know, the fancy watches or whatever, the Fitbits. You can track it yourself. I went to bed at... The last time I looked at the clock was, and I woke up at, right? And then did you wake up during the night? Um, I'm more guilty for that, but I think it's because I'm a very light sleeper as a mom. And I tend to hear noises that wake me up. Um, I also, um, when my daughter was younger, she liked to... Uh, come in and scare me awake, you know, when you can sense somebody looking at you and she'd be wearing a doctor who mask. And if you don't watch doctor who you won't get it, but if you do, you will. And there's an episode where it says, are you my mommy? And she would say that, and it would scare me. I would scream. She would laugh. <laughs> I'm sure that affected my sleep for a while too, but anyway, sorry, that's off topic. Um, we require four to five sleep cycles. And what a sleep cycle is, is basically four different parts of sleep. So this, and I'm checking my notes. Number one is being awake. So that's when you're laying down in your bed and your eyes are closed and you're trying to fall to sleep. Typically that's one to seven minutes. Now, if it takes longer than 15 minutes and you're still awake at, let's say the 20 minute mark, it's time to get up and try again later find something else to do that's relaxing. Um, I have tips later, actually, too. I'm very excited because they work. So number two is a light sleep. And that is usually 10 to 25 minutes as the night starts. Um, as the night goes on, that actually gets longer and longer. So that's why, you know, let's say around three to five in the morning, when you hear a noise, you're awake easier than earlier on in the night. So number three is deep sleep, which is 20 to 40 minutes for the first part of the night. And then it kind of shrinks towards the end. And then number four is the REM sleep, which is the vivid dreaming sleep, which, you know, either you love or you hate. But um, while I was looking into this, because 
I have been, well, in the past, I have been a chronic non-sleeper. I've had problems. Um, I found out that up until the color TV was released, almost 80% of us dreamt in black and white and only about 20%, well, not even 20%, right? Because some people don't remember their dreams, but about 20% will say actually dreamt in color. When the color TV was released, that actually started changing. And now it's the opposite. And about 20% of people actually dream in black and white versus the people that dream in color. Isn't that awesome and cool? That's so, what color do you dream in when you sleep? Is it black and white or is it color? I have to say for me, it's a bit of both. Sometimes it's black and white. Sometimes it's color. When I really um, need to remember the dream, it's usually color. Yeah. So, and remembering your dreams, that's a whole other conversation too. I can say um, what worked for me was actually keeping a dream journal and writing down whatever cryptic notes I needed to write down when I woke up with that dream. So, you know, even if it was like the first sleep cycle and let's say I woke up around 11, 30, 12 o'clock, I would write down whatever I dreamt about and it didn't always make sense. And sometimes one time it was just the number four, no idea what that means still to this day. We'll see, but that actually helps you to get into the process and get into the habit of remembering your dreams. Now, so some of the most common uh, sleep issues are insomnia, snoring, and you know what? Not even just for the people in your house, you can actually wake yourself up from snoring if it's loud enough, which is weirdly cool, actually. Um, obstructive sleep apnea. So this is actually really serious. And it is that inability to breathe while you're sleeping. You just lose that whole sleep, right? You're not breathing. You are you can die from that. So it's very, very serious. And that is one of the ones that they recommend going to a sleep lab for. Restless leg syndrome, um, which is a burning or itching feeling in your legs when you lay down. Narcolepsy, which is feeling overwhelmingly tired all the time and not being able to sleep unless it's uncontrollably during the day. Very scary. Nightmares. Um, and that one actually... I think we've all had nightmares. We've all experienced them. That one is one of the ones that, again, write them out. I know it's scary and it can bring up scary topics, but we are having those nightmares. And I don't want to say for a reason, but our mind is processing something that scared us and writing them out helps us to break it down and see what it is that we have that fear of. Uh, sleepwalking, talking, and eating. I uh, sleepwalk and talk. Um, most of my kids do. I, we don't sleep eat, as far as I know anyway. <laughs> but sleepwalking and talking is very common for us. And hmm, I would almost say it's more of a disruption for everybody else in the house than it necessarily is for us. So other things that can interfere with our sleep are what we eat and drink and not even in the ways that you would think, right? We all know about caffeine and alcohol and how, you know, caffeine can hype you up and 
cause you to actually not fall asleep easily. Um, it never used to bother me when I was younger. <laughs> I could drink coffee at 10 and go to bed at 10.30. I miss those days. But um, alcohol gives you that false sense of falling asleep easily, when in reality, it actually might let you fall asleep easily, but you actually end up waking up later on in the night and then being awake for longer periods of time. So limit your alcohol consumption, uh, definitely your caffeine consumption. I believe the, what the going right now is about four hours before you go to bed, cut out the caffeine and cut out the alcohol. Um, but with the food, some foods we can actually have reactions to, and we don't even realize we're having the reaction because we're just not going to sleep. The other thing that can happen is you can have a really big dinner and then go to bed and your body's so stuffed and trying to process the food and digest the food and get it through the system that you actually aren't able to fall asleep. So it's really, really important to actually pay attention and keep that in your journal as well, right? You're not just writing down when you go to sleep or when you think you go to sleep and when you wake up for sure and when you wake up during the night. It's really important to actually, when you're trying to monitor your sleep and get a better night's sleep, write down what you ate, when you ate it, and how much you ate, right? Because you're trying to figure this out. You're trying to make some changes to better your sleep. So the more information you have, the more you can actually make the right changes. If I didn't know that, let's say cheese would bother me before I go to bed and I had a snack of cheese and crackers, you know, an hour and a half before bed, I would be up if it bothered me for who knows how long, right? So it's really important to actually track everything, even if you don't think it matters. And, you know, there have been times where I've actually gone so far as to track my activities within four hours of bedtime. So, you know, did I take the time to relax? Did I turn off all of my electronics? Did I do some relaxation yoga or stretches? Um, even breathing can help doing a breathing exercise that is intended to help you relax and calm down and ground you that can really help you fall asleep better too. So um, when we come back from our break, we are going to be talking about how to make small changes and what small changes we should be making to help us. You are listening to Raising Your Bar with Elizabeth Moore. Thank you for listening live. That's so fantastic. And I will see you after this break. So often we live our lives based on the expectations of others. My dad always used the mantra, be better than your parents. Let's break the patterns that are keeping you unhappy, playing small and repeating the stories of your family. Sometimes we're afraid to make the changes and choices that our hearts yearn for. We just aren't sure what choices will create the life we want. It's time to begin raising your bar and living your best life. Elizabeth Moore, soul and body healer, invites you to challenge yourself to start raising your bar and changing your life. Elizabeth is live Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central, 12 Mountain, 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? 
Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Raising Your Bar with Elizabeth Moore. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to elizabeth.purpledoor at gmail.com. Now back to the program. Hi, welcome back to Raising Your Bar with Elizabeth Moore. I am excited to get started. Um, but yes, I want to reiterate that you can actually reach me by email at Elizabeth purpledoor at gmail.com. I am happy to answer any of your questions. So, <clears throat> excuse me, how do we make small changes to help ourselves sleep better? That's huge and it's very important and we need them. So, and I know it's going to sound like you're making a lot of changes or there are big changes or change is yucky altogether, right? But the thing is, is that these are suggestions and you can write them all out and do one at a time. So start with monitoring your sleep with a journal and notice, are there particular nights that you sleep less during the week? Is there something going on in your neighborhood? Is there something going on in your house? Are you under stress? Make little notes in your notebook to track it so that you can actually see what changes you should make first. If you already don't drink caffeine past four o'clock, well, you've made a change, haven't you? There's one thing you don't have to do anything about. If you don't drink alcohol, there's another thing you don't have to do anything about, right? So it's recommended now that 90 minutes to two hours before you go to bed, you turn off all of the electronics, everything, including your phone, putting your phone in another room because I get it. We can't turn them off. They are for emergency reasons as well, right? Put it in a room that you can still hear it, but not be near it. So that the temptation to actually pick it up and turn it on and coat yourself in all that lovely light is not there, right? Very important to try that. So TVs, computers, iPads, you know, anything electronic in nature, turn it off. Um, <laughs> meditations for sleep. Now, when you think about what you do, let's say an hour and a half to two hours before you go to bed, you've turned off all the screens, there's no computers, you can use your phone uh, to hook you up with a meditation to relax. But make sure you put your phone outside of your room when you go to bed, right? When you're ready to lay down and do the sleeping part, your phone should be in the other room. So you can do, um, have a routine, have a structure and about two hours before bedtime, turn off the electronics, turn down the lights. In some cases, um, if your lights are bright all day long, give your eyes a break and give your mind a break and turn them down while you're doing the meditation, 
while you're doing a little nighttime yoga or stretching, while you're doing some relaxing breathing, turn the lights down, set the mood, set the tone and let your body know this is actually bedtime now. We are working our way into bedtime. And then write that down on a nightly basis. What did I do tonight? Did I do yoga or did I just do stretching? There's no need to do all of them. You're doing what works for you, what's comfortable for you. So if you feel like tonight, all you wanna do is some stretching. I did 20 minutes of stretching, write that down. And that's great. After you're stretching, have a relaxing cup of tea. Now, be careful with the tea. Some teas do have caffeine as well, but there are lots of great teas that don't have caffeine that actually help to promote sleep as well. Sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I really enjoy chamomile tea and I know it's not everybody's enjoyed tea, but it is mine. I like it. There are sleepy time teas. There are specific blends of tea that you can get that actually help you and your body to relax and get ready to go to bed. So then the lights are off. You've done your yoga, you're stretching, you're breathing, you're having a cup of tea. You're just relaxing for the day. And you have on light music if you'd like to. There's no... <laughs> There's no rule about what kind of relaxing you're doing. You're doing the relaxing that works for you. Sorry, it's very dry today. You're doing the relaxing that works for you. For me, I like to have um, a journal session because I really like to, and this goes in with a few of the other changes that I'm working through write down what happened during my day. I like to document it. Um, if something upset you, this is a great time to write it down. This is a perfect time to document it. <coughs> Excuse me, so sorry. And get it off your chest, get it out of your mind so that when you're laying down and you're going to sleep, it's not playing out in your head. It's not screaming at you about what you didn't say or what happened or you didn't react or anything like that you've written it down you've gotten it off your mind and it's just done right so if that's what's stopping you from falling asleep later get back up and write again because obviously you didn't get everything out and you need to get out a little bit more and that's okay this isn't um excuse me, I'm so sorry. This isn't something that you're going to do once and it's going to be perfect. It really isn't. And that's okay because it's a practice. And um, I can't remember which show it was in, but in one of the previous shows, I did say that it takes 49 days now to instill habits in humans. And this is a habit that you're instilling in yourself. This is something you're doing to better your life and improve your sleep, improve your quality of life. So understand it's going to take time and you're going to play with it and you're going to perfect it and you're going to change it. Because sometimes, um, especially when you're looking at adding tea in or uh, sometimes melatonin, it works and then it doesn't work and then you need to find something different and that's fine too because you are experimenting with what helps you fall asleep the easiest and what helps you get quality sleep. 
because that's really, you can fall asleep in four minutes, but if you don't have quality sleep all night long and you're not going through those cycles all night long, then you're not actually having a good sleep. And that's the difference. So this includes if you wake up in the middle of the night with those racing thoughts too. Write them all down, get them all out. Don't let them sit in there because you're just going to go back to sleep and think those same thoughts all over again. So same as the dreams, write them down, get the thoughts out, let them go. Now, this is something you can do in the mornings. And, you know, I know not everybody likes to get up this early, but if you look on your weather app, it will tell you when the sun is rising in the morning. Set your alarm so that you can watch the sun rise every morning. And beyond a beautiful way to start your day, this actually resets your circadian system. And it tells your body that, hey, this is the time to be up, which means that as it gets dark, artificially or not, this is the time to go to sleep. And I say artificially because not all of us live in a place where the sun comes up at 4.30 or 5 a.m. and sets at 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. Uh, when we were kids, we actually lived out in Alberta, up north Alberta, and the sun really never set <laughs> during certain months. It got a little dusk-like, let's say, but it never set. So a lot of parents in Alberta at the time, I'm sure they still do, would put tin foil or get blackout curtains for the windows because falling asleep does require darkness. And keep that in mind when you are setting up your ritual and schedule as well. Is your room dark? Do you need to get some blackout blinds or curtains as it were? Because your body registers the darkness. I know we all go, well, I close my eyes so the light can be on or the TV can be on or whatever. But your body actually can still sense that. And it knows that that distraction is there. So it knows that this sleep shouldn't be that dark because, or that deep, sorry, because it's not dark. So you should still be up and going. And there's tons of sleep studies. Um, no, I just got a comment. It is not good to fall asleep with the TV on. It will impair your sleep quality and your sleep length, but also it's a distraction to distract you from falling asleep and being asleep. If you let it, if you turn it down, turn it off, eventually you can wean yourself off of it, obviously. Um, but yeah, so watching the sunrise, I have to say for me, it's never been a problem. Um, my oldest was a 5.30 AM child right from the get-go. So I don't think I've ever really slept in past 536 o'clock like that would be the longest um, during the day getting your work breaks outside or if you can't get outside because that's understandable too, get in a window and soak up that sunlight right and let it just be it can be hard to turn off the brain and sleep sometimes uh, that's why I do recommend journaling and writing it all out using colors too when you journal using colors you're actually accessing all areas of your emotions and feelings. 
So you're getting all your emotions and feelings out before you actually try to even go to sleep. Um, sorry. So work breaks outside or in the windows. And if you can, I know most of us have 30 minute lunch breaks. If you can though, go outside for even 10 or 15 minutes just to soak up the sunlight and feel the warmth or in the winter, the cold, but they're both refreshing and they both help your body. Being in that sun will help you. So what I like to do, and I'm aware it looks weird sometimes, but when you go outside and it's a sunny, sunny day and you just need all that sunlight, stretch your arms out to the sides and just put your face up and just let yourself and your body soak up all that light. And even if you stand there for five or 10 minutes, the amount of light that you're soaking up is incredible. And how you feel after is phenomenal. And I recommend it highly. <laughs> I do it often. It's one of those things you cannot get enough light during the day. It's just fabulous. It resets your body. It makes your body aware that, hey, this is daytime. This is when I need to be awake and aware. And I need to sleep at night. So um, we're going to go to break, but before we do, I just want to talk about sleeping the opposite. And when you work night shift and typically you go to work in the dark and you come home in the dark, uh, right now in Canada, depending on what time you start, you go home at dusk and you come home at dawn and you do have that chance for a little bit of sun on both ends. And I still recommend getting a lot of sun as much as you can before you go to work and definitely after you come home from work and then going in and setting the tone for how your sleep is going to go because the ritual that you make is personal to you. I can tell you what I do 50 million times, but if it doesn't resonate with you and if it doesn't work with you, it's not going to help you, right? If my sleepy time tea doesn't do anything for you, then you're not going to drink it, but don't beat yourself up over it. Find another thing that actually mimics that, right? So whether it's warm water with a little bit of lemon in it, or just plain old warm water, I have a friend who drinks warm water every night before she goes to bed. It just calms her down. And it, this, that's the signal to her body that yes, this is bedtime. Yes, I need to start falling asleep. And that's what she does. So you figure out what works for you on that end, right? Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about sleep and what the benefits of getting a good sleep are and also more on how we can actually sleep. I will see you after the break. So often we live our lives based on the expectations of others. My dad always used the mantra, be better than your parents. Let's break the patterns that are keeping you unhappy, playing small and repeating the stories of your family. Sometimes we're afraid to make the changes and choices that our hearts yearn for. We just aren't sure what choices will create the life we want. It's time to begin raising your bar and living your best life. Elizabeth Moore, soul and body healer, invites you to challenge yourself to start raising your bar and changing your life. Elizabeth is live Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central, 12 Mountain, 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Raising Your Bar with Elizabeth Moore. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to elizabeth.purpledoor at gmail.com. Now back to the program. Hi, welcome back. Um, so somebody actually made the comment about a bath being a great way to get into the space of sleep. And I do agree. If that is relaxing for you, absolutely. Um, I used to take a shower, a warm shower that would just relax me and get me into that whole sleep space because again, a shower is usually quicker than a bath and not, not everybody likes baths. I do. Um, but I find that there's a lot of people that don't, but, um, having that bath and that shower actually putting in bath salts or, um, bubble bath, anything that has that relaxing scent, uh, for me, it's lavender. I love lavender. Uh, I know for other people their patchouli, uh, patchouli lavender mix really works well. So all of the things that you can add to your bath or shower and make that part of your nightly routine that will help you sleep, play with that, see what works for you. Um, I know you can put in chamomile, like you can make tea baths as well, but I recommend playing with it and having fun and seeing what works for you. Because again, we're all so different and what works for me might not work for you. And that's great, right? So um, we require sleep. Our bodies and minds need sleep for us to be healthy. And what we do during the night when we sleep or when we sleep during the day um, is we process new information. Our body gets rid of toxic waste. We actually build our immune system. When we have good, healthy sleep, we build our immune system to actually fight off infections, which is incredible. And you know that for yourself, when you have lack of sleep and you're just not feeling great, that does tend to be when we get sick the most, right? It's, we're just more susceptible to everything going on around us. And that includes having stress, right? When you have the right amount of sleep and you're doing well in your sleep, stress doesn't affect you as much as it normally does. When you are tired and exhausted and beyond sleeping, <laughs> everything gets under your skin, everything annoys you, everything bothers you. You have less of the ability to actually just process the day the way you would normally when you're not tired. And that's really important because hmm, we have so much to do during the day and we have so many people to interact with during the day. And think about the last time you had an interaction with somebody that wasn't positive and didn't go well. What frame of mind were you in? Were you well, uh, well rested or were you tired and cranky? Right. And then imagine them being tired and cranky too. 
and everything just blows up, right? So being well-rested is incredibly important for our immune system. It's incredibly important for our body and our mind. It's incredibly important for our memory. And this one, I think, is one of the ones that actually you see the most of, right? When you have a lack of sleep, you can't remember everything that you're supposed to do. And this is those moments where you walk into a room or you go to a store and you forgot A, your list at home, B, what was even on the list. And that means even though I wrote that list 10 minutes before I left the house, if I'm tired, when I got to the store and I forgot my list, I completely forgot what I put on that list. And, you know, depending on how tired you are, you can't even remember what it is that's in your house <laughs> that precipitated this whole need to go to the house or to the store, sorry, and make that list. So being tired affects your entire life. And the one that surprised me actually was the fact that when you're tired, your body reacts in the same way as if you were drinking and had, I can't remember, I think it was like 0.5 alcohol content in your blood system. So 0.05. Yeah. Sorry. 0.05. So it affects everything in your life right? Your mood changes, your hormone levels change. When you're not well rested, your hormone levels are not healthy. Your body doesn't have that chance to actually get them back up to a healthy level. And that includes everything. Cortisol is one of them, the happy, you know, that stress gene where we tend to carry that. If we're not actually resting, our body doesn't have a chance to process it. So the daily stresses, they don't get processed. They just keep adding and adding and adding until you get to that point of breaking the camel's back, so to speak, right? And there's that saying, that's why. And that's the whole thing of being able to sleep improves your life. And these are all little changes that we can make to actually change how you are during the day and how you fall asleep at night. So, um, yeah, it is hard to turn off your brain. Sometimes it really is. Um, and I've heard it referred to as the Chihuahua brain or the monkey mind or, you know, the chaos and when you're already tired, it's really, really hard to tame that chaos. When you're so tired that you can't function during the day, and that is a thing. It is absolutely a thing. When you're that tired, the decisions and choices you're making aren't the ones that you would make if you were well-rested and in a good state of mind. And I... <laughs> I can totally agree to that one. I know I've made some choices and decisions in my life when I was tired that well-rested me would not have made. And I'm sure you can think of a few. If you feel you know comfortable and safe to share a few, go ahead. Um, I would love to read them. But when you are in that frame of mind and you're tired and you're exhausted, you're not making good choices for yourself. And I think out of all of the things that 
we benefit from with good sleep, that is one of the biggest and most important ones because on a daily basis, people depend on us, people rely on us and people need us to be making the right choices, right? We need to be able to do that. And sleep is one of those things that helps us be able to do that. So if your monkey mind or your chihuahua brain isn't letting you sleep, get up and walk around your house. And, you know, I do recommend actually keeping the lights as low as possible because turning on all the lights is just going to wake your mind up that much more. And it's going to say to your mind, okay, we're awake now. And you don't want to be, you want to be in that process of going to sleep, get up, leave as many lights off as possible. Um, I know when my kids were younger, we used to have night lights in the hallway um, so that when they got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, the way was lit for them. They didn't have to turn on any lights or wake anybody else up for it. Right. So have some night lights, make a path in your house and just go for a little walk. It's a slow walk. It's a gentle walk. It's a walk in the mostly dark. And while you're walking, do your breathing and just breathe it out. Don't let your mind take over. Don't let your mind control it. Breathe it out. You can do this. When you get back to your room, if your journal is beside your bed, write it out. And then lay back down, close your eyes, and hopefully fall asleep. I've done that a few times. Um, I do know I wouldn't recommend going outside for a walk because street lights being what they are, the weather being what it is, it's just easier to walk in your house. And that's what I've done. That's what, you know, when I have those really hard nights, that's what I do. So go for a walk. Um, I have heard it recommended um, making yourself a cup of tea for me, that would wake me up more <laughs> than I want to be awake at that point in time. And also then you have to let it cool down. I know it's nitpicky, but for me, that just doesn't work. I have tried it. Okay. So there are many ways, little ways even that we can actually change our sleep. And again, I want to reiterate, always checking with your doctor. Um, you just never know what might be going on that's interfering with your sleep. And it can be the simplest, smallest little thing where, you know, maybe you need to add a little iron to your diet or take a vitamin B in the morning, who knows? Sometimes it really is though, just getting more sun so that your body understands when the daytime is versus when the nighttime is, because it can get confused very easily. When you think about, you know, all of the lights we have on in our house and all of the lights we have on outside of the house, right? It really is easy to confuse your body and not actually have that set ritual. So you wanna have the ritual and you wanna play with it and see what works for you. Okay, so, yep. <laughs> I didn't realize how much sleep actually helped when you're taking vaccines and, you know, anything that you're doing for your body and including working out at the gym and, 
you know, special diets, trying out different foods, all of those things can be affected by lack of sleep as well. It's super amazing how many things can be affected in our body when we don't have the right amount of sleep. So again, really important to journal it out, write it down and figure it out. Uh, when we come back from break, we'll be talking about how to make this a cohesive unit all in one and how to make the changes so that they actually make sense to you and how to actually make them stick, right? We've all been there. We've all decided on Monday, I'm going to go to sleep for eight hours. And then Monday comes and all of a sudden you have all of this work piled up or all of these things you have to do, or you've got to clean the house and all of these things have to get done. And you're like, mm, I can put this off. This isn't a big deal. We'll do it on Tuesday. And then Tuesday gets here and it's the same thing. So we're going to talk about how to actually make that work for you. And when we get back from break, see you soon. So often we live our lives based on the expectations of others. My dad always used the mantra, be better than your parents. Let's break the patterns that are keeping you unhappy, playing small and repeating the stories of your family. Sometimes we're afraid to make the changes and choices that our hearts yearn for. We just aren't sure what choices will create the life we want. It's time to begin raising your bar and living your best life. Elizabeth Moore, soul and body healer, invites you to challenge yourself to start raising your bar and changing your life. Elizabeth is live Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central, 12 Mountain, 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Raising Your Bar with Elizabeth Moore. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to elizabeth.purpledoor at gmail.com. Now back to the program. Hi, welcome back to Raising Your Bar with Elizabeth Moore. I am so glad that you're here for the whole show. Uh, so how do we make this work? Well, simplicity is always, always going to be the answer when you're making changes in your life. If you go in and you say, again, we'll use Monday, on Monday, I am not drinking coffee after 4 p.m. I am not drinking alcohol, period. I am not having a big full meal two hours before I go to bed. I am not doing this and I am not doing that. Those are all things that you're going to do, even if you don't normally do them. <laughs> because words are magic, words have power, and that is actually how we fail ourselves and how we make the mistakes right? So what you're going to do is go get yourself a journal. And honestly, I don't care what it looks like. I have dollar store journals. I have uh, notebooks from that I used when we were kids in school, right? The, um, the ones Walmart and Staples sell them like a 25 cents each doesn't matter. It could actually even be just paper, right? Because notebook paper doesn't matter. So you're going to write down what it is you want to change. And then you're going to pick the first one. What am I changing for seven days? Am I going to do a journal before I go to bed about all of the frustrations I had today or all of the successes I had today? Fantastic. For seven days, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And then after seven days, what am I going to do next? 
And it's not you're replacing what you just did. You're not replacing that journal. You're adding into the routine for bedtime. So the next one, I am going to shut everything off except my phone, which is going to play light music or a meditation while I drink my water. And then on week three, you're going to say, okay, I like the journaling. I'm not fond of that meditation. So we're going to play light music while I do stretches and build that routine over time. And, you know, it takes 49 days to actually make a habit and make it stick. It takes, I would say three days to cancel all that workout. So keep doing it and keep adding and changing as you go. Give yourself seven days, okay? Seven days to truly, fully experience this new change that you've added. And if after seven days, it really didn't do anything for you, you didn't like it, switch it out with something different. Or if it did work and you do like it, add something new. Because again, if you add everything new in on the very first day, and all of a sudden you have this huge workload to do before you go to bed, it's going to keep you up because you're going to be worried about it. Did I do it right? Did I do everything that I was supposed to do? Did I do it in the order I thought I was going to do it in? Is it even working? Cause I'm still awake, right? You're going to have all of those thoughts running through your mind as well as everything else. So add things in one at a time, make them make sense for you. I think that is the biggest thing, no matter what you do in life, make it make sense for you. If you're not a tea drinker, you're not going to suddenly take up drinking tea, right? You can try it. Definitely try it. Tea is yummy, but don't go. I'm not a tea drinker. I don't really like the taste of tea, but if I add tea into my nighttime routine, I'm going to fall asleep. It doesn't work that way, right? So I recommend writing out things that work for you or that you're interested in trying right? Journaling isn't for everybody. Not everybody enjoys it. But if you journal with markers and colors before you go to bed or as you're working into going to bed, you might actually enjoy it. If you journal with pictures and just draw diagrams, that might work for you. If journaling is one word, today was fabulous. That's fabulous, right? That works for you. So experiment, see what works for you make changes. We are so worried as a society to make changes that it keeps us stuck in this non-sleeping area, right? It keeps us stuck in life. Making changes doesn't have to be scary. And ask yourself, why does change feel scary then? Because if it does, there's a reason. And again, reach out all of my contacts are there. Reach out if you have any questions. If you have, if you need help, if you want me to help you, that would be fantastic. Um, but reach out to somebody. If you have that stuckness in your mind and you can't get past it, reach out to somebody and ask for help. Change is not always scary. It's a life lesson I've learned. <laughs> Change is not always scary. 
Um, it can seem that way, but when we're driving that change and making that change, we're in control of that change, right? So if tea doesn't work for you, don't think you have to get this tea habit and go all in on it because if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. If journaling traditionally doesn't work for you, figure out what will work for you. You know, is one word journaling your thing? Is answering question journaling your thing, right? Where it's not just one big empty piece of paper. You actually have questions to ask that guide you about your day. How was your day, right? Um, I, uh, I have journals actually on the Purple Door website. I do enjoy that kind of journaling too. So change one thing at a time, try it for seven days. If it doesn't work, change it again. It's okay to change. It's okay to try things. It's okay to experiment. You won't know if you don't try, right? Um, but again, seven days and then 49 days for a habit. So if you are consistent in this sleep trial for 49 days, you will figure out what works best for you. And then you'll be getting great sleep and you'll be reaping the benefits of great sleep, which is so fantastic. Yeah, great sleep is one of the best feelings in the world. And it's one of the best things that you can do for your body and your mind. It's fabulous. So thank you for tuning in. Um, next week, we are talking about forgiveness. And I'm really excited about that one. Because when I started my whole journey, I was under the impression impression that forgiveness meant um, letting that person keep doing what they were doing. And forgiveness actually doesn't mean that. So next week, we'll talk about what forgiveness means, how forgiveness can change your life, and how you can work on forgiveness for yourself. Because that is what forgiveness is for. I am really excited about that. I, I've been trying to figure out all of the different ways that my life changed the most. And I have to say, when I stumbled on forgiveness, it really changed me and my perspective. And really, that's what change is all about. It's internal. Internal change is lasting change. And changing for somebody else or for society's sake or for what people tell you to be, it never works. Change is for you. And it's an internal job. And I look forward to seeing you next week and talking about it. Thank you for listening to the Raising Your Bar Show with Elizabeth Moore. Elizabeth returns Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 Central, 12 Mountain, 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until next time, remember to continue raising your bar.